Wake up and win in your business and life. Welcome to the Wake Up Wednesdays podcast with your host, Lucrece Aguza. Hello, world changers. Welcome to this episode of Wake Up Wednesdays podcast. Today, we have the honor to have a very special guest as one of the nation's leading experts on the art of activating wealth potential, financial architect, entrepreneur, and chief financial officer, LaShawn Holland is founder of the Wealthy Leaders Institute and chairman of LaShawn Holland International. She is the author of Born to Multiply and founder of the Wealthy Revolution Live Event and the Money Made Easy Masterclass Network. As a revolutionary and inventive woman in the world of personal finance, she is also president of Finergy Inc., a financial services company and the owner of Holland and Holland Enterprises, LLC, a full service wealth activation company responsible for educating, empowering and elevating the personal currency mapping of women of means in the marketplace. So without further ado, please welcome LaShawn to the podcast. Welcome LaShawn, it's such an honor to have you. Thank you so much. I am honored to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, my first question to you in your book, Born to Multiply, you talk about the invisible box of fear. Right. Why do you think so many people, especially women, are fearful when it comes to money? I think because they don't lack clarity. I've been doing this for three decades now. And one thing that I know, especially about women, is we very rarely confront what we're confused about and so but we also don't want other people to know that we don't know right, right? and so we um allow fear to really rule our movements and keep us from fully walking in the possibilities of life and who god has created us to be right right oh powerful powerful and there's a yeah. quote i want to read and then i ask a follow-up question to it I thought it was so powerful and I wanted to share it with my listeners. Um, it says, um, this is from Born to Multiply. We think that just because we are born again, that our money gets born again too. <laughs> Listen, if you had bad credit when you went to the altar to be saved, you will still have bad credit when you get back to your seat. We can shout, declare, pray, and do somersaults across the stage. But until you change the way you think about money, you will never change the way you live. I think that's something um, um, very powerful, especially for us believers. Um, so how important is mindset in creating wealth? And how does one cultivate a wealth mindset? It is paramount. It's, it's the beginning. It is hard to maneuver around something. One of the things that, um, oh, you know what? I'll tell you this story. I was in the UK mm -hmm. uh, teaching and that quote came out of this experience and they had assigned um, a driver to me. And so my daughter had called me and asked me to bring her back something. So I asked them where the luxury shops are because it was a luxury item that she had asked for. And so... I noticed when I was going in and out of the stores, she was standing on the outside. And finally I asked her if she was okay. She was like, yes. She says, to be honest, 
Um, we, and, and I was speaking, I was doing a finance conference at a church in the UK and right. she said, you know, we don't come to this side of town because we know we can't afford it. And I was so taken back to her and I looked at her and I said, you cannot be afraid of something that you're believing God for. If you're believing God for wealth and riches to visit your house, you can't be afraid to experience it. Wealth has a taste, wealth has a smell, it has a scent to it, it has a feel to it. And so I grabbed her hand, I took her into the a store with me and um, asked for some of my favorite colognes and, you know, and then I bought them for her. Uh, all of them, everything that she sniffed, I bought them. And I was like, now, come on, let me, let me take you to this section so you can see how wealth feels. And I think, um, not that I think I know it's, it's everything starts with mindset. Yes. Um, and so we don't realize that growing up by the age of seven, your blueprint is formed. So it's the things that I've heard about money growing up. It's the things that I saw about money growing up from the people that, you know, raised me, whether it was your mother, your father, your grandparents or whatever caregiver. Um, and then the things that you experience specifically growing up around money. And so um, those shape your money blueprint. So if your blueprint is damaged, the roots create the fruit. Mm -hmm. And so how are currently living today in our lives is determined by the decisions that you made in your yesterday. And so if you don't fix your mindset, the mindset of a multiplier, because, you know, in, especially in the African-American community, um, we're still dealing with ep epigenetics. And I know you probably read about that, uh, me talking about it in my book, but right. those are things that are markers on our DNA that, you know, we did nothing to put those markers there, but we're 100% responsible for resetting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned yeah. something about DNA, but you talk about financial DNA as well. What makes yeah. up your financial DNA? And then how do you reconstruct probably DNA that was damaged from bad mindset, bad habits and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Your mindset uh, makes up, it is your blueprint, your habits and your your mindset makes up your habits. And so I, I teach a concept that's called the five primary drivers. Mm -hmm. And for most people, even believers, you know, I'm like, if your believers broken, you got to be able to fix it. And so if you have limiting beliefs that affects your money because your beliefs affect your thoughts and your thoughts affect your feelings. Your feelings affect your actions and the actions that you take get you the results, whether they're conscious or unconscious results. And so we have to first, if you want to deal with your wallet and you want to be able to build wealth without limits, you first got to deal with your mindset. And do you truly believe like where in my believer, do I believe money is hard to make? Do I believe that rich people are greedy? All rich people are greedy. Do I believe that I can never hold on to money? Mm. Um, I don't want to lose money in the market. Like all of these are limiting beliefs. And if we don't reset our limiting beliefs, it's hard for us to build wealth because you're either afraid of it or you don't think you're worthy of wealth or deserving of it. So, you know, you're self-sabotage and spend everything you get instead of causing it to multiply. Yes. Yes. So, so good. So, so good. All right. So we have our mindset, we have the goals, we have the habits that we're working on, but what would you say is the catalyst that takes you from 
simply believing to actually living in the wealth that you were meant to live in? Execution, 100%. And so we can know all the strategies. Um, I could teach you, you know, give you the tools to be able to do it. Uh, but if you don't truly believe it, then you won't execute. And if you don't execute, you won't get the results. I can't tell you how many times I work with clients um, and some of my programs are a year long mm -hmm. and people come in and they still don't do anything. And that's because of their mindset keeps them stuck. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times we don't have a vision for our finances, mm -hmm. right? We don't have standards for our finances. And so for me, vision drives everything that I do. I believe in Habakkuk too. That's why I said, write the vision down, make it plain so he who sees it can run with it. I can't run if I don't see anything. And in order to change a person's life, I have to show them something different. And so you got to raise your heads high enough to be able to see opportunities. Oh. This is so great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we have to make it happen. That's it. Yeah. Admit, execution is it. If you, yes. you know, you can have you can know what to do, but until you do it, one of the things I used to tell my kids growing up, they weren't allowed to tell me, I know that. No, because if you knew it, you would do it. Do so it. a lot of times, you know, I, years ago I heard a pastor say the uh, most dangerous words in the English language is, I know that. You know, if you knew it, you would be doing it. Exactly. Oh, so good. So good. All right. So um, I've read your testimony in the book. Um, you discuss how, you know, you, you've made lots of money. You've lost lots of money and made it back again. Um, how, what advice would you give to someone in a similar situation today? Like what you went through, what advice would you give them? The same advice that I took, find a coach or mentor who's living life on the level that you want to live it on mm -hmm. and begin to model it, ask them questions, like figure out how did they get there? And if I had to make, um, if I had to say one key thing that has shaped where we are, where my family is and the wealth that we've been able to build has been because I've had excellent coaches and mentors and I wasn't afraid to invest in myself. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's so true. So true. Yeah. And then now on the practical side, um, I would like for you to give us five good money habits that we should start implementing immediately and five bad money habits that we need to stop today. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> five right off the top. <laughs> um, well, uh, I'll start with the bad first. Okay. Okay. I'll start with the bad first. And number one would probably be, um, we're not taught how to not live off a hundred percent of our income. Mm. And so when you live, leave home, you know, whatever age you leave home at, and if no one ever taught you how to not live off a hundred percent of your income, you won't create the space or the capacity to be able to make your money work for you. And so that's probably the biggest mistake that I see people make is because they don't have a plan for their money and you absolutely need a plan. If you want to prosper, you have to have a plan to prosper. And yeah. so living off a hundred percent of your income, I think is one of the um, bad habits that, you know, it, it would serve people well 
if they learned how to not live off 100% of your income. The number two probably would be uh, remaining a consumer all your life. Mm. And so years ago, I had someone tell me that there are uh, three people that everybody fits into this one of these three categories. You have the consumer, you have the producer, but the most powerful position in any room is the banker. And so the consumer needs the producer because they need to buy whatever it is that the producer produces. Exactly. The producer needs the consumer um, to purchase it, but both the consumer and the banker, I mean, both the consumer and the producer needs the banker. And so now I understand it gives cadence to the scripture, you know, that the rich rule up over the poor, hmm. right? So yeah. you understand now that the most important position to grow to is that of the banker. So you yeah. get to make the decisions. I'm sure you've heard it. He who makes the, you know, makes the rules has the goal. And exactly. so- I've heard it different. I had a coach that used to say, my check, my choice. Um, <laughs> my kids have grown up and I've turned it to whoever writes the check controls the flow. So wow. <laughs> um, that would be uh, making sure that we learned, uh, have an element of our lives where we're producing something and we're making an exchange. So uh, being a consumer, not putting your money to work for you, living off 100% of your income, not having a vision for your money, um, you know, what, where do you want to go? I tell people all the time, what do you want the future you to look like in three years, five years, 18 months, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you start planning that person today. You start building that yeah. person today. You don't wait until you get into your future to do it. And mm -hmm. so your money needs a vision to be able to multiply. And so where are you sending your money that it's making you more money and bringing that back to you? And so number four would be people, um, the biggest mistake is because people don't start out early enough to do it. But one of the biggest mistakes with money that people make is not putting their money to work for them. Still, mm. so many people have jobs today that they don't like. They're constantly complaining about their jobs. They want to be able to fire their boss and do their own thing, but they don't even know what that looks like because they don't have a vision for their money. Right. Right. And then um, starting out, I think it would be not having a standard also. You mm. know, when you look at, even in the, in the Christian household, when you look at the number of divorces that happens, the number one reason people get divorced is over money issues. It's not infidelity. It's not domestic violence. It's money issues. And right. so learning how to have financial standards is important. One of the things my husband and I agreed on before we got married, um, we're actually coming out with a book that's called Wealth Covenants for Couples. But one of the things that we agreed on before we got married is that we would never fight over money. We would never argue over money. And we've been married, it'll be 29 years in August and we've never had one argument over money. Wow. And that's, that's how, yeah. And my kids have, have, I have three children. My kids have grown up never hearing their parents argue about money. Um, the number one thing that I would probably um, say that people need to do is check your relationship with your money. Mm. Yes. You know, when, when we have crucial conversations, I call them crucial cash conversations. How do you feel? How does it make you feel? Do you, do you get anxious? You know, are you overwhelmed when money is concerned? We have to learn how to change our relationship with money. 
And yes. until we change our relationship with money, it's hard to be able to make it work for you and to grow. So um, number two is I believe that, and I'm just spitting these off the top of my head too. Okay, it's good. <laughs> uh, number two, I think probably would be, number one for me would be learning how to produce mm -hmm. um, because it's totally changed my life. I did not get out of debt by getting on a budget. I hate budgets. I think they absolutely suck. Um, <laughs> they don't, they don't, they don't have an element that helps you expand your wealthy mindset for mm -hmm. a budget. And it if what I make is already not enough, me getting on a budget, staying inside of the box is not going to make it multiply and make it be more than enough. Right. And for the believer, how we handle money is very different. When we look at 2 Kings 4, the story of the widow who opened, you know, um, his historians say that it was Obadiah, the prophet Obadiah who died. And obviously he didn't have life insurance because they was getting ready to take his wife and his kids to be servants. And, mm. and so when we look at that story, that is the story of how to have a financial turnaround, but people don't pay attention to it. He told mm. when the prophet was like, okay, what you want me to do? What mm. do you have in your hand? We don't stop long enough to figure out, okay, what talents, what abilities, what gifts do I have? I call that your bankable purpose, right? right. Right. And that I can actually turn into money. And yeah. so we don't look at life that way of, you know, becoming a producer. And um, one of the things that God told me to do years ago when we first started out and I wanted to get out of debt, he told me us to start a business. He spoke to my husband, told my husband what we needed to do. And in one transaction, we were able to pay off all of our debt. The very next uh real estate investment that we did, we walked away with a half a million dollars. Now, wow. if I was scared um, and had 15 pages of confessions and, you know, I'm sitting every single morning, I'm begging and rocking and not moving, you, mm. know, you don't get there like that. Yeah. You know, everywhere in the Bible, when you look at in Genesis, you know, I think around the 40th chapter when Joseph is introduced, he gives Joseph a plan to prosper. He says, listen, during the good years, you put away 20%. Notice right. he didn't tell him to live off it. This is where I, I learned how to not live off of 100% of my income. He says, mm -hmm. during the good years, put 20% away. You know, right. then you're going to give your 10%. He didn't even mention the 10% actually, because that was a given that people were going to tie, that Joseph was going to tie. He says, right. listen, and this is what you do with the rest. And so we mm. want to include God in everything else in our lives except our money. Mm. We don't hear from him when we in the store just shopping up, buying Louis Vuitton and Gucci and everything <laughs> else. We don't hear his voice then. But when we can't pay a bill, we listening real intently. <laughs> you know, and, and so um, three would be learning how to multiply your money in the asset classes. And our global economy is shifting so much right now. And the thing that really concerns me is um, people not staying up or being afraid uh, to go with the flow. Right. right. Money is never lost in the market. Ever. It's simple. When someone says I lost money in the market, it just changed hands. It's not lost. It just went to the hands to the person who knew how to position themselves in the market. Um, and so 
educating ourselves about the asset classes so we can learn which way do I want to multiply my money that fits my values, right? right. We are yeah. value-driven investors. And so it's being conscious with your money. I'm a very conscious person with my money. There are certain brands I won't touch because their brands don't align up with my beliefs. And exactly. it's okay. It's okay. It's, okay. Yeah. it's okay. I get that choice, right? My money, my choice. Right, right. And so I think all of these things are very important, you know, and you, now you have financial experts that's on TV just about every day. And one of the things that they're talking about because the recession is coming is mm -hmm. budgeting. And I'm like, that is not the first thing that you do when a recession is here. It's not the first thing that you do, even if you have money challenges at the time. It, God instructs us to expand and we do yes. that through business. Wow. That is so powerful. So powerful. And I, um, just to be transparent, I thought of that the other day, you know, a lot of people try to hold on to their money during recession and it's actually the most opportune time to start something new. And Absolutely. I've heard people become millionaires in like and recession. Billionaires. Right. Yeah. Mark Cuban, oh. Mark Cuban, uh, owner of the Mavericks, he he became a billionaire during the dot com crash. So he sold his company for like one point three billion dollars. They didn't give him cash; they gave him stocks. And mm -hmm. so he did something that was very smart. He did options against the company that, that uh, he sold his stock to, and mm -hmm. so he put puts. He placed wow. some put contracts and although he lost all of his money in one day when the uh, dot-com crash uh, crashed, he also mm -hmm. made it back in the same day because he put puts in, which is a type of contract like in options trading. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so you just got to know where to position yourself. I know for so many years I sat in church and I was, you know, I believe that God wanted me to prosper. There are over 300 scriptures in the Bible that talks about money. So right. that wasn't my issue. I wasn't hung up on whether I was worthy of wealth or not. I was mm -hmm. hung up on the how, you know, right. and I'm like, all these preachers, I don't need to hear another scripture about God wanting me wealthy without you telling me the how. And exactly. unfortunately, I didn't find the answer to that in church. I had to go outside to join different mastermind programs and read and, you know, for someone to really teach me how to start a business. How do I use what I have in my hand to create a different life for my family, for my kids? So my kids aren't starting from ground zero. Right. Oh, this is so good. So good. I'm so happy you mentioned that. Um, so in summary, what final tips do you have for our listeners looking to grow their wealth and build legacy? Uh, I think we are in um, the most opportune time because we have so many bubbles that are all popping at the same time in the market. It is an opportune time for people to get in um, and get in the game. Listen, the quarterback doesn't throw the ball to the person who's on the bench or in the stands. You've never seen the quarterback do that. He throws the ball to the people that are on the field, right? And so you, we got to get in the game. If we want to be, and we want all of the promises, Deuteronomy 8.18, we want all of the promises that he promised us in the Bible. You got to get in the game. Mm 
And yes. in order to get in the game, you got to learn the rules of the game and then play the game well. And so mm. I would recommend that, you know, you get in someone's program or read a book, you know, like you did with Born to Multiply. The book is free. I give it away for free plus $300 yes. worth of bonuses with it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and so, you know, that's a starting point for people. Yes. Oh. Yes, this is so good. So how can our listeners connect with you and what what are you promoting now? Yep. So we're having, I'm really excited. We just launched a registration for uh, my live event. I have a live event every year called Wealthy Revolution Live Experience. And mm -hmm. I'm really excited because this is not like any other conference you know, we get in there. I had people are pulling out their phones. One year I had people buying silver and gold because I love commodities and commodities work wonderful when the dollar bill is having issues. And so um, right. two years ago, I had people buy XRP, which is um, a wonderful cryptocurrency that's changing the banking industry uh, worldwide. And so we get in. I'm not just telling you stuff that I read about. I'm telling you stuff that I actually do and how I live my life. And so um, the first day we go straight with mindset transformation. The second mm -hmm. day we deal with money. The third day we deal with you multiplying it. And so wealthyrevolutionlive.com uh, is the URL for the conference. And you can find me online. I'm LaShawn Holland everywhere. Facebook, I'm LaShawn Holland dash uh, money coach. I am just straight LaShawn Holland on Instagram. You can find me on YouTube and LinkedIn. Just my name, real simple. Okay, super, super. And when is the event? The event is March the 23rd through the 25th, and it's in Columbia, Maryland. Okay, okay. And so, yep, the URL is wealthyrevolutionlive.com. And then, All of right. course, my website is LaShawnHolland.com. Real easy. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much. So everyone, please be sure to um, check um, LaShawn out and be sure to get that book. Listen, <laughs> um, Born to Multiply, it's full of actionable strategies to get your mindset right and your money tight. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> so you can find all of her links in the description if you're listening on iTunes. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll find all that information in there. LaShawn, thank you so much. It was such an honor um, to have you. And hopefully this is not the last time. <laughs> um, it, yes. It was truly yes. a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. You're welcome. This episode was brought to you by Invisier Creative Agency. Are you a DIY entrepreneur who needs help with their branding? Get our free Makeover My Brand course, helping you set the foundation for a consistent brand. The sign-up link is in the description. 